This is Multilingual Genius, episode 15, The Imagination. We're going to detail why I titled this um, the episode, but as always, we start with our affirmations. So, I am worthy, I am enough, I am beautiful, I am brilliant, I am unique. I am a leader, I am a learner, I am a teacher, I am loving, I am loved, I am at peace. I am at peace, that was repeated, I am uniquely made i am divinely made we're gonna have a great podcast episode so one of the things that i want to focus on is um the imagination um i titled it that because i wanted to encompass a few of the ideas that i've been kind of writing down and throwing on my um boards um as I continue this journey through uh, my work in multilingual education, my work in um, STEM, STEAM fields, and now my newfound, like, hyper-focused um, topic of ed- ed technology. And I realized that it all stems from the imagination. Um, I had to go back into uh, the plan that I created for this podcast when I started on all the episodes like I let it just flow and essentially I ended up with at least I want to say 30 ideas for episodes and some of them seemed um, very deep and um, would have to take time for me to just really dig um really to my core to be able to talk about and right now that's not where I am and so I established my own boundary of like I'm gonna do what I can and not go any further than that and so here is the imagination piece I want to say a couple of things when I talk about the imagination. My brain has a tendency to uh, have a million and one tabs open. And oftentimes there, I don't want to say unfinished projects, but more so a beginning spark of an idea. And with the, when we talk about the imagination, I think about how, the imagination ultimately creates innovation. And the reason I say that is because I have ideas, really big out there ideas of like, you know, opening up eventually an educational center and opening up a school and realizing um, my potential in higher, um, higher ed and what comes with that. And realizing that you know i ultimately want to go into um learning 
ed tech and ed technology and how um, systems are functioned and how STEAM is the beginning and end of pretty much how education has uh, pushed forward and ultimately where I want to be. And so as I tease out my ideas, those are some of the things that come to the surface of my mind when I say um, imagination. There are also other things, you know, I have here and I advocate this every single time I open my mouth and I talk about multilingual education. I always go into the reasoning behind it outside of being able to um, communicate on a and an effective level with um, stakeholders in your businesses and in education and it's there's a beauty in being able to say I care about you I love you in the language of um, someone that feels like that language is home to them right or is their language of home you know and so as I think about multilingual education, I always connect it to globalization. And the reason I do is that in my mind, as we talk about Zoom meetings, as we talk about uh, Google Meets, and we talk about how the human mind and uh, communication is pushing forward technology, pushing forward um, the ways in which, in which we connect as human beings, that is ultimately why multilingual education is so important, why I advocate for it all the time. I tell folks, you know, it's beautiful to learn another language and I can just, you know, connecting it to what I saw today where um, you had DJ Khaled talking about he would love to have a whole Spanish album written and I mean, a whole album created. And one of those things is realizing that ultimately the avenue that makes people uh, and makes culture is linguistics and language and how beautiful it aligns to who we are as humans and how we connect. So that is my spiel on just how I verbally can um, say to you why multilingual education is so important and how it's connected to um, the imagination. These are thoughts in my head that they flow and they are kind of, if I could put paint a picture in your minds of what how my brain works, it's ultimately like having multiple tabs and infinite tabs open and there's music playing you're trying to figure out where it is but as someone who has been able to um cultivate and exercise tools that help me kind of organize those tabs I'm able to just kind of like a rolodex for those of you who don't know what a rolodex is it's similar to like your phone book you start to go through and you look for what is it that matters and how can I make the connection from tab one to tab 153 right and what I'm doing essentially in my thought process how I'm creating all the things that I'm doing is 
I'm writing them down and then I'm letting them go. Uh, the reason I'm letting them go is that I potentially feel like I have a lot on my plate right now. And, you know, my sleep schedule is a mess. I, um, you know, I clean my house. I do laundry, etc. I'm raising a whole human. Um, but I want to make sure that in the forefront of what I'm doing is growth. It's innovation and stemming from imagination, right? And everything that we can think about and we know of has stemmed from our psyche, from our imagination, right? The external world. And as we do the work internally, we start to realize how infinite the potentials are. And so that I start to connect again, every single tab and where are these similar connections. And as I do, I try to find a way to verbalize and I mean to communicate in words where I make sense of it and I can be able to use the vocabulary that is within me so that someone else can understand and see the picture in the journey in which that I'm trying to to bring to them and ultimately that's how we connect in imagination in establishing uh, norms in establishing how we see the future and you know i'm gonna go into further details in in other episodes on what happens when that spark is shut down and the stressors that come with that and things that may not be fully in our control, how to cope with that. And so as I go back into this particular episode and I talk about imagination, I think about what I envision my educational center to look like, how I envision this podcast um, a year from now, um, and putting in the work. So I will say this. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to hold myself accountable for the fact that I haven't been consistent with my podcast. I haven't been doing the work in which I feel like would bring me joy and peace and longevity in terms of my podcast. I haven't been doing it. And I'm, I'm taking ownership of that but i also can say that y'all life is is just busy um and then i have my moments of fatigue where i just want to sleep i want to kiss my my daughter and i want to be in the moment with her and i feel like i and i have been and always will be an overachiever where I feel like I can do all the things when really I just need a vacation. I need to hug up on my boo and just like 
you know, have space to be still. But when I get back to work, when I start going back to the the thoughts and all the things that are going on in my head, they happen often. It goes on and on and on. Even when I feel this moment of stillness, I feel like it's when we think about a computer, think about like when your computer freezes on you. That is ultimately how I feel a vacation is for me or me taking a moment to just be still. The tabs are still running. The things are still happening in my head, but I'm taking a moment to just exist in this space, right? And when I do that, I sit here and I think about like the beautiful things that God has created for me. And I think the higher um, higher power um, for it all, but... I do need to take accountability that I haven't been working as hard as I need to for my podcast. And, you know, I I didn't want to give an excuse, but rather an explanation. Because, y'all, I'm going to try and do this where I am putting out episodes every single um, week between Tuesdays. And Wednesdays, hopefully by Monday, I would have one. And it's because, you know, my Mondays are my fully, fully remote days, but that's going to change. So mm, maybe Wednesdays. And so I want to take accountability for that. And when I think about what I want a school to look like. Um, I think about multilingual education and the need for it. And I mean a complete space, which I have not seen. Um, You know, shout out to San Antonio because I honestly have not seen anything like that in a in a good way in terms of multilingual education. But I think that the only critique I would give is that what's the next level? What would the next level look like, right? And do we have the manpower to establish what is in my mind in terms of imagination of a multilingual education and a multilingual school, right? If we think about multilingual education, my thought process is that every single teacher would know more than one language. Every single teacher, whether that is gym or science or extracurricular activities, would be able to communicate to the student body or to young folks um, in the language that makes the most sense to them. And I see it. I see it there from where my journey has taken me from where I've been. I know there are in terms of orally, there are so many of us out there with the language acquisition to be able to communicate in Spanish um, specifically, right? I, I could speak on French in terms of like what I'm learning and I'm a complete novice. Don't ask me how to say anything yet because I'm still working on it. But 
it allows you to realize that to be multilingual multilingual means that in all variances of education all um all aspects of education you would have an opportunity to communicate in more than one language and that doesn't happen so when i envision a school i'm thinking you know a school that allows both at all times one that understands that it takes substantially uh substantial time to learn a language it takes up to seven years for you to be what we consider fluent and so with that in mind what are we trying to teach our kids are we trying to teach them literacy or are we trying to indoctrinate them right and why i say that is there's a policy here in new york where you can only be exempt from the ela literacy um, and i say specifically ela because it's an english test that is not given in another language after your first year right so you're exempt from it the first year and if you are you know newly immigrated or you are a uh a student who hasn't learned or acquired the language then ultimately we're setting these um students and these young folks to fail and that's not what we're here for so when i think about that i and let's let's take a step back i am data driven i love data i i'm i'm a math brain so ultimately i want to see numbers i want to be able to also think about the science between qualitative and quantitative data and i want to you know i want to see the stories behind the numbers right because ultimately numbers create stories and there's there's facts behind these numbers but as we analyze the numbers we also have to take a step back and think about a standardized testing and what it actually means for students who are not monolingual who do not you know who do not fall into these cookie cutter um ideas of what a quote unquote perfect student or scholar is and so when i think about a school that is what i ultimately think about and i think in my imagination one day i'm you know i started to write down the plan and i'm starting to create like down to the logistical step by step items that will create this vision in my head but those are just kind of like me throwing my word diarrhea then we think about education in terms of an educational center and what i envision is both a library um not a library but like a bookstore with a cafe and where we provide um opportunities for after school curricular activities between stem between things that um you know having a chess club or having these um ways to connect that is both thought provoking 
and innovative and allows us to spark interest in technology without it creating um, a disconnect, right? Because I think that if we were to really want to know what our kids know, we would let them show us, right? We're not, and that's the thing, feel that, and I'm going to put myself in that position, we're not interested. And that is ultimately the issue. Our kids know how to code. Our kids know how to create um, homes and design and do short films and all of these things that we are not privy to or fully grasp for that matter. It's there. And so how do we cultivate something that we don't fully understand ourselves? That's where I would see my educational center, where kids would come and they're teaching each other these things. Um, I think about just where I am and I start to realize that I, I'm a planner and I need to be. And as I learn, um, you know, uh, shout out to my twin sister who um, was like, I'm going to take this course. Can you take it with me? And I'm like, you know, slow key obsessing now. Um, it's a project management course. And I knew project management, but I didn't know the pro- project management into this extent and how much I've been, you know, been doing it all this time and not calling it what it is. And so um, if we apply that discipline and that um, level of meticulous planning uh, to anything that we do, we ultimately would see success. And why I say that is, you know, we think about project management in the sense of business, but we don't think of, and, and, and that being a role, but we don't think about how that applies to an entrepreneur or how that applies to a um, doctor or how that applies to a teacher or how that applies to, you know, um, a producer or an engineer, etc. And so one of the things I want to leave you with, because I am going to try and also stay within my 25, uh, 20 minute mark, is this. The imagination creates one small spark. And as human beings, we have to figure out what we do with that spark. Do we throw gasoline and watch the fire go? Or do we ultimately take some water and make the decision that this idea or this thought we had was not necessary? Or it's not enough? Or, you know, when we start thinking about, okay, here's the spark. I had this idea. Could I get it done? Potentially, Yes, without a doubt, anything that you could imagine is possible. It is the negative thoughts in our head that tells us, okay, you can't do this. Oh, no, you don't have the means to that. You don't understand this, so that's not a given. And I learned that one thing is for certain is that you may not know now, 
But don't let the fear of not knowing now stop you from being able to know something 24 hours, 48 hours, two years from now, right? Because then what you're doing is shutting out your fire. And with that said, I hope that you enjoyed this uh, rant. Um, I think there was some good pieces on here uh, on the imagination. And as I go back, I start to reread, uh, reread, oh God, (laughs) I'm not reading anything. I'm uh, re-listening to my podcast, I start to write down some of my thoughts. And the reason I'm doing that is that I'm gearing up for my dissertation. Um, I will have my first uh, poke at it next semester. And it's settling in. And these have been really helpful. And it's like I have all of you in my journey. I also wanted to end with this. Please, please, please go back to the three-part series um, with me and Melinda and join the conversation. Send me an email on um, at education at multilingualgenius.org with your submissions. I promise you will get a free bracelet from my very, very good friend, um, one of my best friends on how, um, and it could actually be more than just um, the Melinda bracelet. It can also be she created one um, thinking about this podcast. So again, join, tell a friend to tell a friend. As always, we end with this. Um, Love y'all and be safe.